All right, everybody. Welcome to the Cheat Day Show. My name is Ryan Reese. I'm joined today by Jeremy Shaftel and uh, our very special guest, Roy Wood Jr. Yes, I am very special. Well, it's kind of a big deal that you're here, buddy. You got a lot of action right now. I don't know if I really... It's not that I don't like you, it's just that I love food more, and that was more the motivating factor for me being here. Oh, that's the whole yeah, idea. Yeah, you got him on MLK. It's a Martin Luther King yeah. day. Yeah, for those of you listening. Yeah, I'm surprised is... you're at work right now. Well, yeah. I guess I guess this is no longer evergreen. Thanks, Jeremy. Uh, I love how everybody thinks MLK day is like black people Hanukkah, where we're just kind of like, yeah, you know, I'm on the chill. <laughs> don't talk to me. <laughs> like, it should be. I know, right? You know, yeah. it's, it's an interesting holiday, though, in that it's whatever you make it out to be, which yeah. I think is how all holidays should be. Some businesses are open, some are closed, some people take remembrance, some people make jokey flyers True. about MLK. Like, I feel like MLK Day is like what 9-11 will eventually turn into. Is this uh, bittersweet for you? I saw somebody tweeted at you, you have resting uh, Martin Luther King Jr. face. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've had to accept it. I, like, I, I can't change how I look. And if I have a Martin Luther King Jr. hairline and face jowls. I don't think that's a bad thing. <laughs> no, it's bad for comedy. Really? It's, you know what? I I used to perform in suits when I first started. Oh, I remember. That's the first time I saw you. I, I met you yeah. when you were getting ready for Bro. your first Letterman at the Laugh Factory. Bro. And you came into New York City. There was a Laugh Factory in New York City on uh, 42nd and 9th. Yeah. And you were just running your Letterman <laughs> set. And you had a blazer on. And I was like, yeah, oh, this guy's the real deal. Never again. You couldn't drag me into a blazer on stage. But at the time, when I started, I was 19. I was scrawny. And so the suit got me respect from adults. Because you're performing in front of 40- and 50-year-old black people. They, they don't respect you, but they respect the suit. You but so the a, suit made me look yeah. like a pastor. Yeah. <laughs> The, the ironic thing about that is the first time I saw you were in a suit, you were doing Wyatt's next show like 10 years ago, Night Train. Yeah. And I didn't know. In I, Brooklyn? Yeah. And I had no idea who Roy was, but I liked that he, first of all, everybody was so young and cool. And then you came out in a suit and that was refreshing to me. <laughs> and then you killed. And I was like, this guy should be like famous. And now you're yeah. everywhere. Jeremy's a young guy, but his soul is 90. He's <laughs> so in the suit, and he's like, ah, finally, a respectable I've performer. I thought about going back to the suit, but I just don't know how to get around. Like, part of why I don't wear a suit now is because the Daily Show fucking makes us wear a suit every fucking time we're on the show. So I almost like on some James That's Bond also, shit. Yeah. Like, I can only wear the tuxedo when I'm in that role. I remember the remote where you're in a pool in a suit. Yeah. Which was also amazing. <laughs> yeah, straight underwater in a suit doing underwater aircraft, emergency evacuation, like military, when your fighter jet crashes in a lake type training. In a suit, dress shoes, yeah. whole wop. I would say if they're paying you, put on the suit. Of if course. the money's right, put on the suit. Of course, and I'm not complaining about it, but I'm saying anytime that I'm not at Daily Show, I just don't want to be in a suit because that's the suit place. So on stage, blazer. I mean, um, bomber jacket, no blazer. Yeah. That's what's the weird, because if you go through your so or your online rabbit hole of YouTube clips, it's like daily show, suit, suit, and specials. It's like sneakers. It's yes. like cool jacket. 
Yeah. It's well, uh, yeah. you can't you can't really put you in a category. Well, uh, I, 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 other than it being a holiday, this is also a very special moment because right now, and bear in mind, this is not based on any fact. This is just all what I've heard in the street. Roy's up for every job in the world right now. Exactly. Literally everyone. I'm just up for working hard. I've heard you're up for host of Daily Show. I've heard you're up for host of uh, James Gordon's show when he bounces. There are many opportunities in late night that are presenting themselves <laughs> to a multitude of talents. Oh. <laughs> and I look, I just want to, I finally, I don't know, you reach some Zen spot where you go, oh, I really want to do exactly what I want to do. And whoever wants to do that with me is who I will, where I will go. Like, that's where I'll land. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say specifically, yes, Daily Show. I, I'm absolutely, it's a job. You have to consider. If you're offered the job, you have to consider that. But to go, I want to host that and nothing else, only that. I'm not going to say that. Because I don't know what the, like, I'm still trying to figure out what I want to do. I love how you switched your body language like you're at the bargaining table all of a sudden. <laughs> like, you're going to put your chips out. I feel, well, yes. He's, I feel like he's yeah. going to ask this question probably a thousand but times. just Ryan. But the closer we get finally to the Daily Show being back with all of the guest hosts, like, I can speak a little more freely. About, like, when Trevor first quit, it was very much, hey, uh, could everybody shut the fuck up for a little while? Uh, figure out what the fuck to do. Whereas now it's like, yeah, we know what's going on. You got a gangy guest host coming in. My name's in the hat. I'll get a week at some point. Yeah, I was listening to you on Seth, and that's the first thing that came to my mind. They said that you're going to be hosting during that run with, with a bunch of other hosts. Yeah. So a lot of people are looking at that like that's your audition, but in your mind, it's like that's my, my audition for myself to see if, do I want this? Yeah, I think it's also yeah. that, you know, because. Yeah, but here's the thing, in my opinion. If you don't mind me saying, you're getting that based on talent. As your counsel. The other people are coming in as famous. You're coming in as just a really talented, funny you, guy. And that's, that's amazing. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? To be in that mix with all these people. And you're, you're just known as funny. I mean, you're talking beasts, too, who already even did the shit. Like Chelsea Handler's done late night. Sarah Silverman, Wanda Sykes, Dio Hughley's had... Dio Hughley's done Comedy Central and CNN in a non-scripted capacity. On top of that, with radio. So, like, these people are no strangers to satire and opinion. So, it's it's an honor to have my name in a hat. But I also feel like, in a way, bro, like, it's also an option to try and go and create my own thing if there's, if that presents itself. Like, what if you come up with the weird thing that doesn't fit in any box? Yeah, that seems... Where that does was, that idea yeah. go? What it's, do I do with that? Uh, a podcast during the day at the Comedy Cellar? <laughs> that's that's kind of where it ends up. No, I, I, don't, thought, I, I don't know. I, I thought you meant that in terms of what you would do with The Daily Show if it were under your reins as yes. the creative force. Yeah, but still, it. there's only so much that you can do within the pre-existing constructs of a show. That I mean, Daily Show's legacy, and you'll be able yeah. to change some things around, but... You know, it's like football. You know, if you come in as the new coach of a team, yeah. the team has an ideology. They have an identity. Exactly. Like the Pittsburgh Steelers yeah. as a team have an identity. You can run a different offense, but as an identity, as a franchise, they're different from the Dolphins or the Cowboys or whatever. So I don't know how much of my ideas would influence or change the identity of the show. Yeah, I heard John really struggle a lot with that when he had to take over for Craig Kilborn. And there was people that hated that he came in with new ideas and yeah. really struggled with the politics of that. Yeah, and I think there was something similar with Trevor in the early days because it's definitely 
new ideas and new is horrifying in television because mm-hmm. the problem with TV as a whole, and this just isn't late night, it's also scripted. It's especially scripted, to be honest. TV requires you to take creative risks to be innovative and to be on the edge, to be truly different. But no one from the exec level down to the producer level is going to yeah. be jumping at the chance to do something completely, completely different. Yeah. Because if it's too different and it doesn't work, then you all get fired. They're looking at their bottom line. Innovation, the risk attached to innovation is not rewarded in television. It's punished. Oh, yeah. So people at the producer level, people at the executive level, people at the development level, they all hedge their bets. That's why they always say everybody's in a race to be second. Nobody wanted to do the first Abbott Elementary, but now that Abbott Elementary's done, oh, there's three or four more shows in development all about bleeding hard occupations in different fucking struggling communities because you see, oh, it works. So let's all do it now. So... You know, I think when you're coming in as the new host of anything, you're going to have some new ideas and you're going to have to, like, slow sell people on them. And Trevor was able to do that. But I think for whatever my ideas are, I've got to be very careful to make sure that I'm putting myself in the right position to be in the right place to do those ideas. Because to me, the idea is more important than the vehicle. That's more important than... You know, if I'm hosting something but I ain't doing what I want to do, what am I doing? Yeah, exactly. It's like when you're you know a comedian, I mean? you're not having fun on stage. Like, why the fuck am I Making here? Money. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That'll buy, that'll buy you two years. I'll, yeah. You know what? And here's the thing: building an audience, I getting would, your name out there. If there's a way to do both, it's like morning radio. And the only reason I can speak like this is because I, I did morning radio for about yeah. twelve. It's your background. 13 years, yeah. And your dad also. Yeah, my yeah. dad My dad was more on the commentary news, more on that Bryant Gumbel, Lester Holt side yeah. of it. But morning radio was great money, but I woke up every day for four hours and had to talk about stuff I did not care about near the back end of my career. Where, like, once you age out, like, that's the other thing. I was doing hip-hop station, so, you know, I started... 19, 20 as an intern. Once I got into early to mid-30s, I was like, man, I don't know if I can keep counting Kardashians and yeah, and who fought who on Real Housewives. And, yeah. you know, so I wanted to do something that I was really invested in. And I just want to make sure that wherever I go next, I think it has to be something that I like. You care about. That I care That's about. I, I care about news. I care yeah. about The Daily Show. But I also have ideas. Yeah. And the same goes for Corden. The same goes for any new show that I can conjure up out of my own head. I really want to be somewhere doing the things that excite me, you know, yeah. in the vehicles, in the way that they excite me. Well, you're about. a stand-up. I mean, you're probably the truest form of a stand-up. But also, as a, a fan of yours, I do appreciate that about you. I remember I listened to your Marin podcast. At, uh, you're on Chelsea Handler's show. And she is talking oh, I about up good, bro. yeah something stupid about uh, bad plastic surgery, and you're like, who the fuck cares? But see, but I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> <laughs> see, I shouldn't have done that. And in defense, but it made of Chelsea's me like you more. But in it's defense of Chelsea, but that's a perfect example. I had no yeah. business on Chelsea lately. Yeah, well, a lot because, of people. But, no, but I'm saying because pop culture is not my lane. You know my stand-up. Yeah. I don't talk about celebrities. I don't give a fuck. 
but that was exposure. It was money, and it was a chance, and, and it was a new show, and E is trying out a lot of different games. You yeah. should come on down. But what I basically did was the equivalent of going on ESPN and saying, who cares about sports? Yeah. Well, get the fuck out of here. We're not going to have you back. This is a sports channel. This is where... So, yeah. So I shouldn't even have been on there in the first place. But it's the opportunity. It's the exposure. Yeah. You hope somebody finds you. And so I think there's a... There's a sliding scale of how to how to handle that, but you know, don't get me twisted. If any show offered me, I'm not gonna say no. I got a kid, pay some bills. <laughs> well, I hope Real Housewives is listening. But what I'm what I'm not going to fall into in any juncture of late night, regardless of where I land, I'm not gonna fall into some sort of john stewart john oliver cosplay where i'm just yeah. up there doing what they did they didn't did it so i have to do something that's more me centric and more roy centric and just figuring that part of it out that's been the fun part of the process that's really like if you really want to get granular about this shit bro the cool part about what i'm going through now is that because we have guest hosts every week and they're all bringing their own different style to the show, their own different comedic flavors. We get to try, we being the correspondents, we get to try all types of wild shit now that we never would have done under Trevor simply because Marlon Wayans ain't the same as yeah. Leslie Jones. It's like SNL hosts. Literally. Yeah. It's literally that. Sarah Silverman and Hassan, Hassan Minaj, they're not the same. Yeah. That's going to be two different weeks with two different comedic things that I could try and do. So I, don't know, I think you get to experiment a little bit more. So that's cool. So you get more time for trial and error. Whereas the guest hosts come in, they get a week. How long have you been doing stand-up? Since 98. I don't know the math on that. Okay. 24, 25 years, I guess. Yeah. That checks out. Yeah. You used to open for now. Tommy Davidson? Bro, I blew a semester of school fucking around with Tommy Davidson. Dude, he's funny. Not blow a semester of school funny. He's not flunked out of it. <laughs> Who is? It worked, it worked out for you? Yes, it did, eventually. But at the time, that was not a yeah. smart decision. I flunked a class that I didn't know at the time was only offered in the fall. Because I got a call, like, you know, in the South. I don't know how it is up here, but down South, when you're a road comic, you get called for fallouts, which... If you're not a comedian, it's basically covering somebody else's shift. It's the same as your job. Hey, so-and-so can't make it. Can you drive to Charlotte yeah. today and open for Tommy Davidson? With the idea being that I thought I was going to have the Chris Rock, Eddie Murphy yeah. thing where Eddie Murphy saw Chris Rock perform and then put him in Beverly five Hills minutes, Cop 2. Now he's an hour. And then after Beverly Hills Cop 2, Chris yeah. Rock to the moon. So I thought that was what was going to happen with me and Tommy Davidson. Bro, I packed, I packed two weeks worth of bags for a three-day gig because I thought Tommy Davidson. <laughs> <laughs> you thought, this is how I thought it The guy from Joanna, like, man. This is, this is, this is my this shot. Is, I'm never coming home. But you got to remember. You burnt is, your house down and just walked away. This is 99 Tommy Davidson, though. He's That's fresh true. off in living color. Ace Ventura. He was a big calls. deal. He had, I know um, he's a big deal, but. Like. He and he's funny. He's still funny. Yes, he is the first legitimate famous person that I ever opened for or worked with. So in my brain, this yeah. is Hollywood. This is where I'm trying to get to. I should pack extra clothes in case this motherfucker wants to take me back to L.A. 
A uh, question about the timeline. Were you working at Golden Corral during this period, or is this after? This is all around the same time. Wow. It's all around the same time. So take me away from the chocolate fountain. <laughs> I want to go. I opened for Tommy Davidson in Charlotte, and he doesn't watch a single one of my sets. Because mm. I didn't understand the concept of uh, that. But that happens, dude. That is the, yeah. uh, the headliner is not even here yet. Soul crushing. I've been there plenty of times. Plenty of times. I come out, I come in the green room after I come off of the last show Saturday night, and he just goes, hey, brother, if I don't see you after the show, <laughs> good job. Didn't see any of it, but they say you did good. Keep it up. In some ways, that's better. My fucking luggage is in the manager's office. Oh, shit. Because I thought, like, he was just going to go get in the limo. Oh, man. We're going to Hollywood. And I'm like, ah, fuck. <laughs> Take my luggage back to the Greyhound station. But how relieved were you that you didn't tell him that? I don't. To this day, I don't think he knows. Just, he, I've opened for him three Tommy, times. Tommy, if you're listening, they did a you, uh, you messed segment. up. They did a segment on Tamron Hall show before the pandemic. I was doing the warm up there. Yeah. And they wanted to do comedy, right? And uh, I, I remember they cut the time from like five minutes to a minute and a half. And I went, Who is going to do a minute and a half of comedy and do well? This is insane. I, I was kind of annoyed that the producers were doing that. And it was Tommy Davidson. Dude, he crushed in a minute and a wow. half. And I was like, ah. Uh, How do you build a relationship in 90 seconds? He was doing Instagram reels before there were Instagram reels. <laughs> he did a lot of reels. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's one of those moments where you're like, you think you know comedy because you've been doing it so long, and then you see someone do something that shouldn't be possible, and you're like, God damn it, he's funny. I saw Whoopi Goldberg on a 60-page script only look at that shit three times. Full memorization on a table read for an ABC wow. sitcom single-handedly the most amazing performance. I know it's technically not a performance performance on stage, but I know that these were new pages that we just got the night before. Wow, what a pro. And she just, I don't know what switch flips in her brain where it goes, memorize. Like fucking She's the Matrix. beautiful mind shit. Where Trinity yeah. learned how to fly a helicopter. <laughs> yeah. <and> like, <laughs> no one jumps to the other building their first time. Yeah. Not Whoopi. I need the specs to a Bill Huey chopper. Yeah. I'm ready. Let's go. <laughs> it's like that type of shit. She just seizures for a second. She's like, I got it. Yeah. <laughs> Sister it, Act 3, let's do it. What's the biggest thing that you were up for that you didn't get? Like, what was the, like, we just talked about Tommy Davidson being like this moment where you thought you were going to go on the road. Like, what Holy was, was there a shit. moment when there was like a commercial or a TV show where you were in the running and you were just writing those checks in your head? You were just like, I, I booked this. I'm buying a new car. I'm, I'm you know, going on vacation. Like, there's stuff I've seen, but then I'll see it on TV, and then I'll go, oh, well, I wouldn't have cast me either. And, mm. I, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find the brother's name, because I don't like saying the dude or ha the guy. But it happens all whatever. the time, right? You're up for something, and you don't get it, and then you see they cast like a female model, and you're like, what? why was I even considered? It was the sheriff on Dexter New Blood, and I know okay. that sounds like a I watched cut, that. But that was my first opportunity at a real dramatic role. He was kind of like a Native American. No, no, that was the other guy. That yeah. was the other guy. But it was it was definitely a black dude. Hang on, it wasn't Jennifer Carpenter. Oh, he died at, I don't want to spoil it, sorry. Alano, Alano Miller. <laughs> We're spoil. Alano Miller's the actor's name. He's a great actor. He did an amazing job in that role. But that was like the first, like, oh, you don't see me as just joke dude. Because keep in mind, up until that point, all I had under my belt, I don't want to say all, but 
I've done Space Force, Last OG, Better Call Saul. I saw you Death of Dick Long. Death of Dick Long. Which is an amazing thing to be a part of. Don't spoil that. And then um, Only Murders in the Building as well. So it's all comedy. It's all silly. It's all high energy. So now... uh, but the Dexter thing, I was really excited for because I was like, oh, wow, this is a chance. And I was like, you know, I was in the running and it just, it didn't happen. That's fine. But I'd say, like, if you're trying to go like biggest disappointments or something, the first. Just messed up, just like, you know, the one you were like, you know, like. Uh, oh, I know another one. Wipeout in the first year. As a host? One of the co-hosts uh, uh, was it John Anderson from Sports Center, and I think John Hen- not John John Henson. Yes, talk soup. Yep, the soul John, patch yeah. in his hair. You know yeah, what I'm talking yeah. about? I know what you're talking about. Um, before Joel McHale. Yeah, but this yeah. Is before Joel McHale. Um, I well, I'll say this. I'm not gonna say I had it, but I had a really great audition. One of those auditions where when you're leaving an audition and they ask you when are you free again, that means oh, they're bringing man. you back. Yeah, that means you're on the short list. And the guy had a Kevin Garnett, like, jacket or something in the corner. And at the time, the Celtics were having a rough patch yeah, in their season. And I figured sports is a unifier. Oh, man, the Celtics, man, look like they not doing good right now. And his fucking face went fucking furious. He goes, where are you from, Roy? I go to oh. Alabama. Oh. How's Alabama's team doing in the NBA? Well, we don't have oh one. Wow. Exactly. Thanks, Roy. Oh. There's no coming back from that one. I was like, all right. Well, Can't change where you're from. Lesson learned. I don't fuck around in auditions after all. You just learn lessons. Yeah. This whole career is just learning a bunch of lessons. So now you, you actually work in a couple of different professions, uh, broadcasting, comedy, and acting. Now, as comedians, we don't really focus too much on uh, our health or what we eat or anything like that. But you're an actor. So do you, do you like, moderate what you eat or focus on nutrition at all? Really? I'm trying to phase out sugar. I'm just starting there. Yeah, I, if I could get sugar, carbs, and cheese out of my diet, I'd probably be three quarters of the way to where I need to be. The rest of it is exercise. Yeah, I have some questions about uh, not necessarily like your diet, but your food preferences, because like our discussion before about you can't fake inauthenticity when it comes to things you want to speak about when you're on stage. Yeah, I noticed that when I watched uh, your first two specials. You close both of those with McDonald's bits. <laughs> and they're both, the thing is that not only are they great bits, I thought what was so funny to me was that you spoke with the same fervor as you speak about racial injustice on stage. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, if I were your therapist, I would say there seems to be a there there. And so my question to you is what, what, do you want from McDonald's that they're not giving you besides two free sauces? I tell you where I was wrong about McDonald's in that for sure um, we didn't need all day breakfast. <laughs> like as a society, we screamed and yelled. We bullied McDonald's into giving us biscuits at three in the afternoon. Yeah, And absolutely. then we had them and we were like, nah, we didn't. They were right. <laughs> They were right. Sorry so so we're about ready to serve you, but you, I asked you what your food preferences were because this is the cheat day show, so we're getting a great meal for you. Uh, you had basically said no peanuts, but like uh, chicken, beef, broccoli, you like yeah, all those things. Yeah, I do all of that. I'm not big on overly spicy foods yes. or overly saucy foods. Like I don't like 
a lot of loose shit sloshing around my plate. Like, yeah. even when I do curry, like, when I'm out, I like my rice and curry separate, and then I like to be in charge of how much curry I distribute on top of the rice. Like, I yeah. want that. Like, I feel like... Yeah. I want to be in control when it comes to shit like that. Gotcha. Yeah, but I, I try to I try to eat better, man, but... You know, it's the life, man. It's just hard. Well, you're not going to eat better today. This is the cheat day show, man. We, we want to spoil you a little bit. I'm up till 3 and 4 o'clock in the fucking morning on a random night. My last meal was at 8.30. What I'm supposed to do, does, fast? Does a lot of the uh, animus for McDonald's come from having to fuck with them when there's nobody else to fuck with? By the way, they're, with? they're 24 yeah. hours now. Yeah. Yeah. That's... Yeah. Like, I really feel like it's a situation where if you can be emotional about anything you can draw people in for sure and i think that's kind yeah. of where i try to connect my stand-up like even lately yeah. yelling about everything being flaming hot which i fucking hate yeah i want to ask about that i saw the flaming Flame, hot cinnamon Flame toast milk. crunch flaming hot milk is that real yeah that's a real there's thing. a flaming hot cinnamon Flame toast crunch. Hot cinnamon wow. toast crunch it's like for what why so I'm, I'm hot cereal. I love you, said your our, our chef is already. plating your your meal, and uh, oh I'm gonna let him Lord. describe what he did. But uh, yeah, it's your tea day, man. Yeah. This is this is not a missed opportunity. We're we're giving you. Can you get that a at winning meal? Grown man steak. I don't think you can get that at Golden Corral. No, you cannot. <laughs> I mean, you could try, but you it wouldn't look like that. Uh, you know who else worked at Golden Corral? Jay Farrell. You guys ever? No, I Talk did not know this. that. Um, we have a mutual friend, Anthony Verderami, uh -huh. who edited um, No One Loves You. Uh, I worked with him on Jay Farrow's special and Fred Armisen's special. Yeah. And Jay has a whole bit about working at Golden Corral. And he <laughs> saw somebody put a steak in the chocolate fountain. <laughs> that sounds right. And he had a bit about... Um, <laughs> He pranked the dishwasher. He threw a roll at him behind his back. And he didn't see who did it and just had like a whole Vietnam flashback and felt the white guy <laughs> did it and just no. like threatened to like fuck him up. And Jay had a choice to like come clean and he did not. <laughs> Let him fight. Yeah. You know why? Because when you're young at those jobs, and I'm sure Jay was younger when he was working there. And your bit's amazing, by the way. Bro. Like, you're working with grown men. That's the thing about restaurant work, which I yeah. think is beautiful, is that you get a sneak preview of every possible way your life could end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it really does, no. Like, if you're working with 30 motherfuckers... You talk about that. They're not the all bit, yeah. on, the, on the up and up. Yeah. Some no. are on the way up, some are on the yeah. way down. Some people still have... Like, whoever's working up front with the drinks, like, this is their career. I'm going to be... Yeah, the manager. Manage. I'm going to be the, in yeah. hospitality and do this. And then I'm going to get moved to a five-star hotel. And then I'm going to work at the fucking... The JW Marriott. But right now, I'm at Golden Corral. We're in the back of the house. I'll fuck you up. I've been to Vietnam. Yeah. Exactly. Is, um, it's not that different than stand-up. All working when, to achieve the same goal. Stand-up, though. I mean, when you start, you know, at 19, you're working with adult men. Yeah, some of them on the way up, some on the way down. Ah, is the um, is the your bit about Golden Crab about seeing the guy you hooked chicken for, like you hooked him up with chicken, then you ran him in prison? Yeah, is the, that I true? Was, yeah, I was really wow. nice to a customer. I tweaked it for for this is not happening. The customer that I was nice to, who I ended up seeing the night I got arrested, was from when I worked at Shoney's. Okay. Which was the year before I started at Golden Corral. But 
the sense of community and people and just old heads looking out That's for me. That's an amazing that story. Stuff, that really did happen. The Ryan, thing, are you familiar with this? No. Oh, bro, I... It's unbelievable. I was really nice to a customer for a year and a half who was completely silent and never tipped, but I just continued to be nice to him. Just for... Just, all right, I'll be nice. I don't care. You're going to come in here. You're not going to tip me. But you give me the least amount of trouble. He comes in, he eats like a whole rotisserie chicken and a pitcher of water and just leave. Like that's Carrot just, cake. And a piece of carrot cake. Every week, like clockwork. That's just what he fucking does when he comes from the gym and fucking pressing. Fast forward, like a year later, I get arrested. A guy in jail's getting ready to fuck me up. And then some guy yeah. in the corner just goes, nah, he cool. And I look over and it's the fucking guy from Shoney's who I've been nice to for a year. Yeah, the chicken guy. Yeah. yeah. Had my back. Wow. Had my back. Like, that was better than... What did you get arrested dollar. for? It's still in credit cards when I was like, <laughs> Why is that? I like how you just smoothed over. You know, just, you know. Everybody's still a credit card. But yeah, it wasn't, this is in the past. You know why you have to say it, though? It's because crime is interesting in this country in that TV has conditioned us to assume the worst crime has occurred where you go, yeah, I got arrested. Like, who did you murder? How many kilos? It's like, yeah. <laughs> I had a fucking Dillard's credit card and I took it to Dillard's. Yeah, I, I listened to you I on the. Bought shit and sold it for cheap. Yeah. And they caught me. And I, would, I did probation. That's how I got into stand up. I thought I was going to jail. Yeah, if you want to hear more of that, listen, listen <laughs> to Rory it's, Woods. It's, but it's not, that's not the normal arc. You know, no, like no I got one. arrested, so I went into the military. Like you hear that story. No one dared me in an open mic. I always wanted to do stand up, but I didn't have the courage to do it until I thought that my freedom would be leaving me. Wow. Yeah. I, I, oh, I'm going to prison. Okay. Let me sign up for this open mic before I go to get murdered in jail. After I saw you in Brooklyn, I listened to you on the Champs podcast. Fuck, and that's, that's the rawest interview. That's when you really went to it. I was like, that was one of the best interviews in that. I listened to everyone. That was the best one. Yeah, that was like, fuck, that's like Roy really gets in the nitty gritty. Yeah, that yeah. was a fucking yeah. wild <laughs> You can't even listen to it on Spotify anymore. You have to go to Apple. I get Neil Brennan pulled. But it's an amazing interview. <laughs> but yeah, like that shit was like that job taught me so much. And then road comedy, you're right about that. Like especially, like I don't know how it is in the city, but on the road. Oh, all right. All right. All right. Wow. Yeah, Do I well, need to scoot over? Is the chef sitting in? Chef there? is going to sit in. He's going to pull okay. up a chair at the front of the table. All right. So what were we saying about sugar? <laughs> Just. I know, right? Is that my. Uh, I think so. You shut it off. Oh, my God. I don't know what any of this stuff is. Oh, other than heaven. Wow. Gotta be yeah. Room. I used to open for alcoholics. I used to open for. You used to? <laughs> Drug addicts, <laughs> abusers, womanizers, and then also Tommy Davidson or wow. Dio Hughley or Dale Givens and like all these comedians who looked out for me, you know? This looks amazing. Just cheat towards me. Just, no. Oh, we got this? Yeah, yeah. No, no. Um, Point your chair that way. You oh, can actually gotcha. sit next to me. Cool like this? Or no, I think it, it could be okay like this. You're right. Sure. And just make sure you. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's all about posture. We'll yeah, get well, footage from the guy. Yeah, yeah. I'll get footage okay. from your guy. We'll, we'll edit it. So this is nice. Chef Raph. This is the Cheat Day Show. This is Roy Wood Jr.'s Cheat Day. Cheers yeah. to you. Cheers, guys. Good to meet you. We yes. should do this every day. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Absolutely. Name another pod that treats you like this. All right, this. so. 
What do we have? A little bit of wine in the middle of the day, so, first ooh. of all. Wow. That's you know, a courtesy of the olive tree. Um, all right. So what you have in front of you is we have a dry-aged porterhouse wow. glazed in chicken fat, a little bit of soy sauce. And then next to it, um, I remember you said you like broccoli, so we did like a broccoli cheddar gratin. And a broccoli cheddar what? Gratin, so it's like heavy cream, cheddar. It's a, it's a, it's a gratin. So it's like a French word for just like heavy cream and cheese, basically. Cooked down, right? So it, it's not overly saucy. I put it on the side just so that you could you could decide um, um, decide your own path. You know, oh, this is and nice. yeah, so the steak, it's a, it's a 90 day dry aged porterhouse It's from Pino's Prime Meats. It's it's the best butcher shop in New York by far. Oh, my God. And yeah, uh, there you go. Is it a, a particular type of beef? Um, it is grade A Angus. It's really like the best beef that you can get from the States. You know, people like play around with the Wagyu beef, whatever. It's a little bit too fatty to be eating like a full course of, you know what I mean? Wagyu-ish. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's like so much fat, tastes like butter essentially. I love it, but you know, if you're doing a tasting menu and you have nine courses and you're doing Wagyu for one of them, you know, that would make sense. How do you get into, because I always feel like cooking to a degree, it's art, but then it's also like sensory manipulation, right? Where I feel like... Right. Like a DJ is able to to use music to manipulate a mood. Yep. I can play a song and change the mood of this entire room to create a different emotion. How do you start learning which food with this juice, with this sauce, with this gravy match, with that wine, equal okay. this? Like, how do you look at like? Because like I'll watch some shit like Chop, right? And I know that's not a fair comparison. That's like you telling me you watch Last Comic Standing all the time. (laughs) I've seen it. I've seen it. It's not about, yeah, it's it's funny. Roy was on Last Comic Standing. Yeah, season 10, third place. That's my favorite show. Yeah, with Mike D. Yeah, Mike D, RIP. So how do you just walk into a kitchen and just look at a piece of chicken and go, okay, today I'm going to put it with this, this, and this. Like, how do you create those pairings? Like, because the shit is as fascinating as DJs who mix songs from two different decades. And you go, "Wow, I didn't even know that those two would go together." Right. So it's actually a really good question. Um, the the fact that you that you said music, I would say it's very similar because cooking is more like a trade. You know, like there there is obviously a lot of art that goes into it, but the way that I have. The, the uh, way I have all these pairings, like, in my mind is I've just worked at so many restaurants over the years. And, you know, I just watch, honestly, a lot of videos on YouTube. You know, like, videos where you'll see, like, an old Chinese woman that's been cooking the same dish for 30 years. And, you know, you're just like, oh, that's dope. That makes sense, right? So the way that I kind of pair... She's not so old. She's not very old. Yeah, but I mean, but I mean the way that you kind of pair items together is there are, there are rules... But then once you kind of understand those rules, then you can do basically whatever you want. Yeah, I don't you know? know how you do it, bro. I don't know how you do this it's, shit. It, it's tru- truly it's a lot like of matrix fun. philosophy. Once sure. you know, nothing's real. Yeah, I would, I would agree. <laughs> I would agree. <laughs> this is amazing. He also never so eats his own wild. food. That is correct. He never yeah. eats his own food. That is correct. Like Beethoven. I eat hot dogs primarily. I learned that Bernie Mac never watched any of his movies. Well. Not a single I mean, movie. 
He's like, I don't need to watch that. Yeah. We're moving. How do you, what, what's the one thing people get wrong about your job? Like, what's annoying? People think it's really glamorous. You know, like, there was about seven years of my life where I worked, um, you know, like, 80, 90 hours a week, not really getting paid very much. Um, you know, it's not, it's not a fun job unless you really love it. Like, I, I very much enjoy what I do, but it's still, you know, like, when you have a day off, you know, once every 10 days, you're just sleeping, you know? So, so you really like lose a social life, you know, you're not around your family, but if you don't do that, then you're not really getting one up on the other chefs in the world. And then you're just going to be like an average chef, you know, not to say that I'm not, you know, you know, that is, that's for you to decide, but. Oh no, this is outstanding. Yeah. This is the best steak I've ever had. I mean, I said, yeah, yeah. Thank you. uh, But yeah, it's, it's truly, it's truly like a, thank you. But it's, it's truly just a tough life and. I've seen a lot of people that they're very hardworking, you know, they really want to do it, but they just don't have the passion for it. And, you know, within a year or two, they just can't do it anymore. What's the you know? burnout rate on your job? I don't feel like this is a job. Where oh, you worked at Golden Corral. You missed that whole. Oh, nice. Yeah. Actually so he's actually place. within so your yeah, field. I'm on your level. Yeah, well, you, you should know that. Heard of the yeah, I will go to Golden <laughs> Corral after this. This is a great place. I worked at Nathan's. Nathan's is great too. In the back, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> they didn't put me in the front. <laughs> um, but yeah, what's the burnout? Because like, because like, it's really high. People end up because this doesn't like the type of job where like cocaine would help you. Like, of course, stand up. Okay. I will not. <laughs> I will not comment on that. Um, oh, he's yeah. We've covered this in other podcasts. His what mom I, listens, but he's, he's what uh, I will say is specifically in the restaurants that I've worked in, like more like the fine dining side of this. Um, more than not. A hire that you that you have come in is not gonna not gonna stay for a long time. You know, it's like really hard to fit into the culture of a restaurant. And and again, like if you don't love it more than anything in the world, you're just not gonna last. You know? Stand up, it's the same thing. Late hours, holidays, you gotta love it. You're not also paid a also lot. something to say about it is like it takes we'll say conservatively three to five years to not suck. You know, so like if you can deal with just not being good at something, you know, you know like, yeah, similar to stand And the temperament about uh, just the, the diminishing return of, of success moving so slow. Yeah. When you're a chef, you're behind a hot yep. stove for 10 hours a day. That's correct. Your mind goes crazy. Anybody else mind, yeah. that is just nice to you, you're just like, could snap. Are you a restaurant yeah. owner too? Um, currently, yes. Currently, yes. There's a, there's a place called Short Stories that... I have bought very recently. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's on Fourth and Bowery. Can we eat this there? Um, so we're still in the transition of the menu. Yes. So it's it's more like a we're like turning it more into a restaurant. It's currently a cocktail bar. Like I was there last night. There was just like a hundred people doing shitty drugs and just dancing until four in the morning, right. trying to change it a little bit. You know? That sounds like fun too, though. Well, they don't spend as much money. Okay. Because they're already fucked up when they're there. So, mm. uh, right? It is a business at the end of the day. Yeah. So, so you know, we're, we're definitely going to change the food program. You know, it's going to be a lot of small bites, simple bar food. But, you got to you know, share this with the world. What's, what's crazy about owning a restaurant, though, is your inventory is literally dying every day. If you don't yeah. move it, it goes bad. Like, that is an insane gun to have to your head. Well, there are certainly ways, like over the years, that I've learned where you just you don't waste anything. You know, there's always a way 
There's many ways to skin a cat. It sounds really weird when talking about food. We're not skinning cats. I promise well, good you. Good news. We have a special. <laughs> we didn't sell it yesterday. It's, yeah, it's not a feline. But I mean, there's a lot of ways to ferment things, pickle things, you know, cure things. So just like over the years, something I'm very, very interested in is just like learning how to keep keep something. You know, you don't want to manipulate it too much, but making yes. something like making an asparagus little thing into something special and not like you know not being pretentious about it you know there's a lot of restaurants out there like oh this is asparagus 13 ways like i'm here to have fucking dinner this is not an art show like, right do you cook you? not really i can but not amazing 20 25 years on the road it just never was practical so when i was home i want to go to sleep and i just don't yeah. want to cook like, definitely know what you're saying like I mean, but then on the other side of the game, I've done all that blue apron, will mail you the shit to your house, cook it yourself shit, and it's fine. And then I try the oh, it's local chefs making shit and they'll mail it to you tomorrow and it was made around the corner from you and it's just fancy fucking Yeah. How is that? TV That's not dinners. good. It wasn't bad. Right. But you always feel like, well I could have something better than this. So that that was actually like accidentally how I started my business. So we during COVID, I I had moved back to New York. I was losing my mind, like doing nothing where right? I was going from working, you know, a hundred hours a week. In a we were city. telling jokes in the park. Right. So I mean that's sim similar, right? Like I was I was cooking in a in a three Michelin star restaurant in the in the Bay Area. You know, I had like a team that I was that I was running and I went to sitting in my brother's shitty law school house, starting to smoke pot again, and and my dad was like, just fucking do something. So I started I started bringing meals to just to just friends of mine. You know, I was like bringing house made pasta, whatever, like things that are way too intricate to drop off to somebody. It was it was it was really fucking up, and I was like, oh my god, this is horrible. And then people were like, oh, we want to pay for this, and then we got a bunch of orders, and then. We were like, we're going to stop delivering food. We're going to start going to your house. Then that happened, and then it just kind of snowballed into, like, you know, doing residencies at bars, restaurants. You can hire Raf to cook for you. Wow. Like, he can come to your house. I mean, it could be That's, just you, but you have, can hire him. We, uh, we do have to, a team like, now. So. Like, a, like a, if yeah. you have a party or a date night. That's the next thing. I think we went over that date nights or not. Or <laughs> someone someone tried to have an orgy with him. Like two people <laughs> hired him from that. I, didn't I mean, yeah. <laughs> your steak's good, but is it orgy good? <laughs> I did leave. I did leave very quickly. Did you want a tip or not, bro? I mean, you know. That's not a tip, man. That is fi figuratively a tip, but it's not. <laughs> I mean, there's the classic for. porno. Is like, no, no. how are you gonna pay for this pizza? No, who's the, who's the, who are the uh, the religious people down south that uh, got caught in that scandal? The pool boy was sleeping with the wife, oh, yeah, and the husband, yeah, was yeah, yeah, yeah. husband was watching. Husband was watching. The husband was watching. Was a politician. Uh, no, major, yeah, major yeah, yeah. member of the the, oh, church. the church. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, it's part of like a big evangelical. Yeah. Are you really surprised though? None of those people uh, really close like, to God. I feel, like you know? I feel like that's on the light side of like very religious people, high-ranking pastors and shit like that. They're they're very fucked. Yeah, I've done I've done the meal deliveries where it's pre-made. And most of them were good. It's convenient as hell. You know, the right. owner of that was Trevor Noah. Oh, really? Trevor, Trevor's one of those guys where, like, I don't know what type of 
podcast he'd be listening to and shit but he's one of those the efficiency of your day and think about right. everything you do and why you do yep. it in this moment mm-hmm. and when you think about cooking consider how much oh, time you're thing. losing with cooking and yeah. the productivity and the yeah, I can see that for I sure. I open his fridge. It's just like 20 of these shits just stacked, and it's just... Yeah. He's got breakfast, I mean, lunch, dinner, breakfast, yeah. lunch, dinner, breakfast, lunch, dinner. It's like it's one less thing. Like on some Steve Jobs black turtleneck for the rest of my wear life. Wear the same... Yeah, well, that's, shit. that's simpler if you wear the same outfit. I, I can see the sense in that. There was a few times I saw him in public. He was wearing a very similar outfit, for sure. And his thing was, because I'm not cooking, I've now also removed grocery shopping from the equation. There yeah. you go. And so now looking for groceries or being at the grocery store. And so a guy like Trevor who has busy. To, he's yeah, busy. Really busy. Busier than me. But you know, in a perfect world, if I was rich, I would just have a chef that just cooks shit every day. Yeah. Like I've been over the houses of people who have a chef the same. It's just a nanny. Mm, yep. It's just a motherfucker who comes over every day. Yeah, I was just, I, I was actually offered a job like that in the Hamptons. And I don't think they could pay me any amount of money to do that. To just be a hostage? I mean, literally. They're, they're, <laughs> I mean, we know we know comedians. Is that it like being a cruise ship comedian? You're just yeah. stuck there. I'm saying like there's stupid ass kids are coming home drunk at 2 in the morning. Yeah. Like, oh, make me some food. No, fuck off. I'm yeah. sleeping. Like, right. You ever yeah, do no cruises? Chance. I've never done a cruise. I've never. I've, I won't say the comic's name. But I saw a comic that I opened for way back in the day. He was on a cruise that I was on. Mm. So, you know, you go to the comedy show. You have to go to the comedy show. And I said this to him with love. And this was early. This was like 98, 99 when I opened for him. But he did a joke where he said said the N-word. And I wasn't old enough to check him about it or anything like that at the time. Because oh, he was he's the it, headliner. a white comic. Yeah, so he was okay. a white comic. Yeah. He said nigga on stage when I was like 19 or whatever. It kind of got a laugh. And it like, rhymes with it? Neil Brennan. <laughs> 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 I'm not going to confront no headliner and lose my job and all of that shit. So yeah, whatever, fine. And so knowing what I know now about comedy and what he was attempting to do, Right or wrong, I respect effort. Just as yeah. a comic, I respect the fact that you took a chance. Fair enough. Didn't get to laugh, but hey. And I go up to him after the show. Hey man, I don't know if you remember me. But, uh, 99, you did this joke, Snoop Dogg, and the Chronic 2001, and his face went beet red. Oh. He thought I was like confronting him to like cancel him or some shit. And I was like. No, man, I just want to say I respect the ever. Hey, man. I have kids now. <laughs> <laughs> I spread love. Wow. He's a squeaky clean comic now. That's the other thing. You have hilarious. to be on the, sh- on the ships? Yeah. yeah. He's a fucking clean act now, but like in fucking 99, he was a motherfucker. <laughs> wow. That's great, though. What, what do you think of uh, That's amazing. the Golden Globes? Gerard's open. I thought it was fine. He roasted them. Like they needed a scolding. That's what they wanted. Yeah. In a way, they wanted to be punished in a safe environment. Gerard wanted to punish him. Yeah. I know, you know, us the comedic purists, we want more laughs per minute. But you know, Gerard's on some different shit where he's just gonna own whatever's feeling in the moment. But what I, what's what I, what I'm interested in seeing what happens on the other side of Gerard 
is if they ever let another black person host the Golden Globes. You know, yeah, because he they definitely will. I look. I, I don't know. He, but here's, <laughs> I, I didn't mind the content. I I just I was hoping for more jokes. You know, like keep the content, just take the swing. Of course, every comic was, but like oddly, like everybody else was like, "This is great." They don't know. The the you late know. great Vic Henley used to say it all the time. He go, "Race, they don't know. They don't know what a joke is. They have no idea." It, it just seemed like they wanted some kind of uncomfortable catharsis where they can feel bad for like a little bit but not ruin their night. They wanted that balance and they are right, yeah. you get for that. You got Gerard. Yeah, and they're like, yeah. oh we just want some jokes and Gerard yeah. like, no. Yeah. I'm going to fucking say bad. Or I'll watch you sweat a little bit. I'm gonna hit you in the nose with yeah. the newspaper. But I think yeah, as a you know as a comic you always want joke 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 take the shot. Who, who I, I, I mean, uh, uh, Gerard Carmichael was hosting the Golden Globes and he opened by uh, reprimanding the room. Would you say that, or like he put he yeah, called him to task? I think that's yeah. a better. It's a diversity hire. That's what he said. Chelsea Handler yeah. was on a mix at the Critics' Choice Awards. Speaking of Chelsea, she had a really good monologue. I don't remember none of her jokes, but the shit was funny. Ricky Gervais, yeah. Well, yeah. he was great too. Like he's, oh. but he was he was joke he was joke <laughs> he's a joke comic. You know, really just hitting him. Ricky Gervais was on some. I am going to fucking chop your head off. Fuck you. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't care. He didn't give. He actually seemed like he wanted to get fired. <laughs> it seemed like he was hoping they would just get a new host in the Which middle made of the them show. Which love it even more. Like, yeah. Come back again, yeah. Ricky, please. <laughs> yeah. Do you ever have that um, on stage where I've had this before, where like I do a show on Long Island? And I was like, I'm going to open with the one thing I can't joke about because they'll respect that I made such a big swing, they'll have to laugh. Yeah. And then you just bomb your fucking ass off. Yeah, but that's the... It's either that or you earn their trust, which could also work, but I sometimes consider that cheating because I'm like, oh, well, I'm stacking the day. Pandering a little bit? Yeah. Yeah, I'm fluffing you. Yeah. And then I'm going to do what I actually want to do after 15 minutes. That's kind of what you're supposed to do. Yeah. I, it, That's like the professional route. To me, the strategy is, it would depend on how abrasive the material is that night. Ten minutes of earn your trust and yeah. get to know me. I mean, and then you're better informed of where I'm coming from. That's how we treat, like, relationships. Like, a girl isn't, like, crazy or that crazy yeah. right in the first few dates. It takes a, a, a little bit to get to know her to realize what a mistake you made. <laughs> I'd say first, the first few months. For sure, you yeah. don't see the, no. the true crazy. Yeah, like, or you ignore it. Or you ignore it. Like, yeah. You're Ryan Reese. Oh, boy, do I ignore it. I'm like, but she's hot, so it's yeah, fine. Just enough, throwing red enough. flags at you. But and you're just the like, problem. The I don't problem see color. Because, like, you know, Ryan knows I, I've been off the road. Like, I wasn't even doing sets in New York for, like, a year. Maybe a little more than that. And, like, slowly starting to thaw out and get back in the, in the swing of it. I have thoughts now and premises now that don't work in 10 minutes because I don't have enough time to earn your trust. Yeah. So I still don't truly know what the joke is or if the joke is funny. And then if I do the joke wrong, there's no time, there's no runway to recover on the yeah. backside of it. So then you're fucked. And then you just leave the stage just in the middle of a dip. And you're like, <laughs> uh, all right, good night. I gotta it's go. It's really, really interesting. Yeah, like I... Because there's just there's not enough time. And then what I've also learned with my act is that the darker it is, the more I need to smile. And I'm not natural about smiling, so I have to be, like, literally cognizant of 
okay, you got to start talking about the suicide joke. You must, like, I'm trying, and it's funny to me, and that's enough for me to start the journey, but I also feel like some audiences now, like, people talk about audiences are sensitive or whatever, but I think it's more of a, so much fucked up shit has happened, our default <laughs> is to feel empathy before laughter. Interesting. So, yeah. If you do anything that's a little dark, people immediately want to go, oh. I hate that so much. Yeah, and it's and like, it me more. no, laugh. It's yeah. okay, I'm talking about it. And it's so yeah. fucked up, too, because like they're not volunteering at a soup kitchen with their Friday night. They're getting shit-faced at a, yeah. at a comedy club and judging people. Yeah, I'm trying to work on it, and it's not even a bit fully, but just the... I, my issue when entertainers kill themselves, and this is a true thing, is that there's Aww. always... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the idea that we talk about mental health from a place of check on your friends, right? But there's never any instructions given on how to properly yeah. check on your friends. So no one knows how to ask if you're okay. So the issue I deal with, and this is real, whenever an entertainer kills himself, I get a deluge of texts from people that I haven't talked to in fucking years, just going, hey, what's going on? Hey, man. Uh, and it's and they, they mean well, and there's sincerity to it, but then when you look in the text thread, and it's just them checking in every time somebody died, which creates a trail of insincerity, in my Damn. opinion. You get what I'm saying? Like, yeah, that's they don't, real. They don't, this is a weird profession. Not a lot of people have exposure to it. They don't really understand it. I know, but that's the, but that's the, to that point. I have to be able to speak to that comedically so that I can address it from all sides. But I have to put part of it on stage to know that it's worth continuing the research. Yeah, I mean, and that shit ain't getting no fucking maybe laugh. Maybe, maybe you just go. <laughs> I mean, you kind maybe of maybe do the other profession thing where you're like, you know, if your if your mechanic killed himself, you're not calling Meineke. Like, special, is everyone cool um, down there? You, you kind of address it with the Facebook killer Roy. bit you have. Yeah. You want a little more? Just a little more. Yeah. Give me a little thank you. Thank you very much, Chef. These rude motherfuckers didn't even check. That's why I'm here, man. That's why We're I'm such here. great hosts. Yeah, but it's like. Or even like the idea of you try to present something like I'm trying like the challenge now is trying to present an idea without people being obsessed about the subtext that's happening underneath it. True statement. I sometimes get DM'd by canceled entertainers who want to hang out. I don't know them. <laughs> now, now you don't know him. I don't. I've had no pre-existing relationship yeah, with sure. these entertainers yeah. before they got canceled, and now they want to hang out. What the fuck is it about me that makes me a magnet to motherfuckers getting canceled? Like, am, like, am I the, am I the like the guy you get seen with? So that people because you have resting Martin Luther King Jr. face. <laughs> <laughs> like, am I the well, guy on the path looks to anti-abuse? Like, am I the guy you get seen with? They go, oh, well, he must be a good guy. Really like a nice guy. You're a very nice guy, and that you're the easy ask. And that's bitch shit. That means I'm a bitch. The no, it no, 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 it doesn't. That's not what we said. That's what you no, said. No, it doesn't. I said earlier, <laughs> you did you did uh, my movie, which is coming out this year, before we get started. You literally know nothing about this or who was in it, and you were, just said yes. You said but yes that's immediately. because I know you're a hustler. 
and I know you're not ever involved in any fuck shit, so if you're attached, that's enough because I know your grind, period. So it's yes to you. That's fair. Because I fair. know you, and you know me, but some random motherfucker who has no history with me just going, hey, man, you want to do lunch? And it's like, <laughs> no, that's I don't want to be in public with you. Like, it's totally It's just going to be me, you, my photographer. It's going to be... I mean, <laughs> so it's a, I could put it in another perspective. Maybe that's the same quality that makes you so likable on stage. By a public <laughs> audience. Woman beaters would have fucking no, I mean, crap it, a drink with. Are they comedians? No, wait, 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 wait. Are they just regular entertainers? Uh, right. No, no, no. I think it just means that you're uh, accessible. Yeah. In a good way, and also a bad way if you're. Uh, a, I don't know what this person I did. Think it means you're out of options. Yeah, it's you're unfortunate. To build your friendship for that guy, but not for you. Fine, but I stand to lose more than you in this social transaction. And that's why you don't have to fuck with them. And and for the most part, I don't. And like it's it's a case by case fucking thing. <laughs> but you're trying yeah. to build it to a bigger conversation about how do people re-enter into society after whatever the fuck. It's true. But I can't present that without presenting the so what you're saying the thing that they did. Mm-hmm. And the okay. moment I do that, I've identified the person. Now that's a whole separate can. And that ain't what the joke is about. The joke isn't about someone by name sending me a DM. Yeah. It's about yeah. all these people that are fucked up. Some magnanimously and some it was a gray area, but none of them know how to make friends. And so, the joke is about how do you yeah, make friends gotcha. as a 40-year-old man. I mean, there was there was the movement in, in the chef community like probably six, seven years ago. It was, it was called the Me Too movement. Right, and there was familiar. Never, yeah, it's, it's still not, it's actually, uh, not to take a side here. Absolutely not taking a side. But there's a lot. There's a lot of good friends of mine that I know are genuinely good people. That they were they were kind of like targeted because people needed to take a fall. You know. Yeah. And it it kind it's it puts you in a sticky situation because like you want to keep your job. Like you don't want to get a bad reputation, yeah, so, you know, this and that. So, and Roy, like, I think what you're telling us is you're not going to be joining Bill Cosby on tour this summer. I would decline <laughs> politely. politely. Would you go watch? I, I, no, I wouldn't no. listen to the audio. Somebody recorded it. Let me get it. Do you talk about jail? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wait, is he on tour this summer? Are you planning yeah, on Yeah, he's going out on tour. No he's fucking way. Yep. But it's like, wow. it's just this conversation about how do people re-enter into the world and what is my responsibility in helping that because it's like what's fucked up about entertainment and I don't know if it's like this with other jobs I imagine it is with like cop and military like any job where you're underpaid and PTSD'd up really good like you have you have a sense of community I stand beside you no matter what and I get that in stand-up to a degree, but like this whole, oh, he's one of us. Okay, well, let me, what happened? What did he do? Let me case by case this. But just you, just because of your occupation, I'm just supposed to just let that go and just fucking go kick it with you and have You dinner. feel like no, you're no. being picked last in a, in a kickball game. Bing, bing, bing. That was, that was a great point. All right, well, we got to get Roy out of here. He's got a very, can I say who you're going to call with? When is this airing? Uh, probably next week. Yeah, you can see. He's got a phone call with the White House. So, uh, oh my God! Nice, man. Apparently, uh, Biden has tapped him to take over. I have been summoned. Wow, well, all the, the jobs. Golden State Warriors are going to be there for their championship. You know that shit cool. where, the, where 
my team won a championship, we get to meet the president. I don't even know why we do that as a country. What's but, your connection to the Warriors? Uh, nothing. I'm just going because it's politics, and we convinced the White House to let us come down there because cool. they, they still think Trevor Noah hosts the show. <laughs> do some plugs. Uh, so you can find me on Instagram at ChefRafNYC. We're dropping a lot of merch coming up soon. Very excited. And I will keep you posted on the following episodes. Um, the chef owner of Something Good Hospitality. That's Something Good HSP on, on the IG as well. And Short Stories on East 4th and Bowery is our new restaurant and bar. Feel free to come through. Maybe you'll see Roy Jones Jr. there. Yeah, Who knows? I'll be in there. Short Stories. Short Stories. Go for it, Roy. What do you got? Anything? No. Well... <laughs> Yeah, I do. Uh, if you've been canceled, please DM Roy. Uh, yeah, he would go. love to hang out. Let's do lunch, even though we've never been friends, and now I have to <laughs> bet my career on our new friendship. Thank you for that stress. Um, the San Francisco Cobbs, RoyWoodJr.com. Just go there. The dates are up. But okay. San Francisco, Phoenix, Philadelphia, Austin. Why am I looking at you? You don't fucking know. I don't, I don't, I don't even fucking know where I'm going. Yeah, just go to the website. Also, Daily Show Weekly, 11 o'clock, Comedy Central. Awesome. Jeremy? Jeremy Shaftel on all social media. I'm at the comic strip every Wednesday at 8, Stand Up New York every Friday at 10, and I post all my shows on my stories. This awesome. is at the Cheat Day Show. You can find us on YouTube at that, at the Cheat Day Show. I'm Ryan Reese. You can find me at RR Comedy on Instagram. Cheat well, everyone. Enjoy your meals. Yeah. Right. Thanks for listening to the Cheat Day Show podcast. To learn more about our show, the hosts, the comedians, our guests, our chefs, and more, visit our website, thecheatdayshow.com. Also, follow along with us on our social media at the Cheat Day Show on Instagram and Twitter. Future episodes can be found in all the places you get your favorite podcast. Our show is also sponsored by the world-famous Comedy Cellar on McDougal Street in New York City's Greenwich Village. Visit ComedyCellar.com for show lineups happening seven days a week. Later, cheaters. Cheaters.